today's episode of the Bulldog Broadcast on the Field of 68 Media Network. Special guest, almost a lock right now for being Gonzaga's next All-American, Corey Kispert, senior from Edmonds, Washington. Corey, thanks for joining. Uh, you guys just came off a, a, a little bit of a interesting win against BYU and Pacific on the road. Give me the update on how the guys are feeling now after a couple more road wins. Good, man. It was a it was a long and kind of confusing week as far as scheduling goes. Um, kind of put games on the schedule last minute, and I'm really proud and happy for the guys to to rebound so quick and to be ready to play whoever, whenever. And like you said, there are interesting wins, and it kind of told us a lot about the team or told, told us a lot about ourselves. And um, those kind of games are really good for us uh, down the stretch. You mentioned kind of those games were thrown together really quickly, and that's something that every team has to deal with. Uh, for the first time this year as opposed to years past. What has Coach Few's message been at the start of each week when you think you're about to play somebody and then all of a sudden it, the, the script is flipped? It's just it's just flexibility. Uh, it's kind of it at the end of the day. Um, you know, everybody's in the same boat. We are. We're not like the exception to the rule. Uh, everybody's kind of flip-flopping games and um, fitting them in where they can. So you're just playing healthy teams, and whoever's healthy is ready to play. So uh, and Coach Coach has done a great job of like calling people and making sure we get games on the schedule and, and making sure we're you know sharp throughout the entire year. You mentioned the two interesting wins, the the Pacific one and the BYU. You know the final score against BYU wasn't quite. If you just look at the final score, you wouldn't have realized you guys were in control most of that game. How hard was it to get energy in that building, considering usually you got eighteen twenty thousand people breathing down your neck? Yeah, it's so different. And, and I mean, there were people there, there were fans there, uh, but it still felt empty. I mean, 200 doesn't really fill that arena. So um, it felt different. I mean, but we've been playing in those in, in empty gyms all year long. And uh, that, that game had been circled on our calendar for a long, long time. And, and they're, they're a really good team who, you know, deserve our best. And, you know, we lost on that floor a year ago. And um, that feeling didn't, you know, go away. It wasn't lost on guys like me and Joel and Drew. So um, the guys who have been there before. And so we wanted to make sure we came out and made a statement. And like you said, I felt like we were in control the whole game. Uh, the, you know, the final score didn't really show that, but uh, I was, you know, 10 to 15 the whole game. If you look at the growth in your game from freshman year till now, um, where do you feel like your biggest improvements have come? Because I remember watching you in high school at Gonzaga team camps uh, when they were recruiting you and watching the growth of your game. And you can see progress each individual year from an outsider looking in. But individually, where have you really improved? Yeah, I mean, I'm a completely different player than I was, you know, two, three, four years ago. And I think a lot of that has to do, you know, not so much with like mechanics of my jump shot or tightening up my dribble. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with just, you know, confidence. You know, the game has slowed down a ton. I can make reads a lot better. Um, and I feel like if I, I feel like I can just go at go out defenses, you know, every single play. And a lot of that's kind of the inner confidence and the work that I've put in, you know, over those, you know, four years and stuff that nobody really sees, uh, you know, gives me confidence to really go out there and put it on guys, you know, every single night. And that's all kind of finally building up to, you know, a point this year where it's all starting to be shown for the outsiders. You know, a lot of people look to coach few as, as, you know, being somebody who develops players, but really, he does a nice job, big picture stuff with that, but it's the assistants that spend the countless hours helping guys. Tommy Lloyd was that for me. I know Tommy is still on staff. 
Brian Michelson was a teammate of mine. He's now on staff. Roger Powell does a great job with player development. Which coach for you has really broken down the game and, and really worked on those details the most with you? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a three part uh, three part. B Mike was definitely the guy when I first got here. He made sure I was getting into the gym on a regular regular schedule, you know, getting game shots up, going at game speed, building like that foundation for working out. And then uh, uh, Ricky Ricky Foyce was the the second guy. He's now moved on to he's, he's with Phoenix now, um, and he uh, he worked me out my you know my sophomore and a little bit of my junior year. Uh, but then since he's moved on, I've kind of worked with Ken Nakagawa. He's our uh, video coordinator, our, our analytics guy, he breaks down a ton of film for me. He's um, kind of been my film guy over the last three years to really kind of break down the game after each and every single one. So, uh, and then he's really, he's just a really smart guy kind of breaking down, you know, situations that I get it. I find myself often in games and really working on those skills to kind of, you know, not make anything, any huge adjustments, especially during the season, but um, you know, kind of just fine tuning stuff as we go. What is a post game kind of uh, session like for you? Uh, seeing that you can't really get together in a group setting with the guys anymore and kind of celebrate a win. Do you go back uh, and watch film right away? Do you just decompress, get away from it, maybe watch a movie? Or what does a post game look like for you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, you can't really celebrate. You can't really get together and, and do that. It's, it's a lot of decompression. I've done, and that's one thing that I've gotten really, really good at over, you know, four years is letting the game be the game and then letting my, you know, personal stuff be personal stuff and not really, you know, mixing the two, showering off wins, showering off losses as soon as you're done and, um, so I usually take, you know, 24 hours just to not really think about or touch a basketball after games and, and then kind of come back and hit it full force. So, you know, film study, watching the whole game as a whole, and then, you know, getting with Ken and, and, and breaking down, you know, specific plays or, or stuff, stuff that I missed and things like that. You had a really unique and interesting summer last year, because I don't think most people realize it unless you're kind of really close to the program. Uh, more than likely you would have been drafted in the NBA, um, uh, a season ago you made the difficult decision to come back and it seems to be paying off for you with not only you guys undefeated up at this point of the season you look like you got a chance to compete for a national title but also you you put everything together individually how hard was that decision for you and what were the determining factors yeah it was super it was super tough super tough and and, and part of it or the, the reason why it was the toughest was because you didn't really know what you know two months from when i made the decision was going to look like um there wasn't that kind of surefire schedule or surefire um, timeline that I could base myself off of. It was kind of at the end of the day, I could just gather all the information I could and then just make that leap of faith. So, you know, every game that we play and every, every, you know, opponent we put on the schedule is just a reassurance for me that I made the right choice. I can go out there and prove myself, you know, to be the player that I think I can be, especially at the next level. And, um, you know, my, my, my game has grown so much over the last six months and I'm really thankful that I can show that off, you know, on the college floor uh, where I feel the most comfortable. And, and hopefully that'll pay dividends, you know, going five, ten years down the road. Is there a current NBA player or maybe also a former Gonzaga player that you kind of model your game after? Like you watch, you pick apart different things, whether it's footwork, whether it's uh, attack moves or moving without the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always been Clay Thompson, you know, ever since he you know graduated from Wazoo. Um, the way he moves out the ball is just special. He gets his feet set and he's square no matter, you know, if his back's turned to the basket or, or wherever he's moving. I think whenever I kind of feel, whenever I'm in a slump or whenever I feel kind of, you know, not so great about my game, I watch the, the highlight reel of him like scoring 60 on like 12 dribbles. And I feel like that's just like, that just kind of gets me going. I don't know. I feel like that's the kind of player that 
I can really strive to be, especially at the next level. It's that's the way the NBA is trending is just having a bunch of guys like that on the floor. So uh, he's, I mean, he's just like the, the, the dream, the highest ceiling, the, you know, the gold standard for me as a player. Always. Well, well, with the efficiency that you talk about and watching Clay Thompson, you guys have that kind of sixth sense at times on the court when you guys are really clicking. Are there stretches where Coach Few really just kind of takes a step back and lets you guys play out of concepts as far as instead of play calls? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what the whole offense is based off of. You know, everything, everything we run is just, you know, just like a simple ball screen or moving a little bit and to get into something else, and then you just play. You know, if the first action isn't there, then we kind of just rely on our instincts and our concepts to, you know, get open looks. And it's worked really well for us because we got guys who can really play the game. And uh, Jalen's made huge strides, you know, all year long and just thinking the game. Andrew's already really, really good at it. And, and Joel's been great at it for a while. And so, you know, with those guys handling the ball most often, it makes things really easy for guys like me and Drew to, you know, find open looks and, and, and get our buckets because, you know, we just play so well together and we play off each other really well. All right, so give me Coach Few's recruiting pitch to you when you were a high school kid. I knew you were just outside the Seattle area, played for Friends of Hoop, which is a really good AAU program. I can imagine there was a lot of other schools, but what was Coach Few like during recruiting? He just, I mean, he, he's like, he's like, Corey, just think about it, man. Like, look at, look at the guys that have come through before you. Like, you're a Zach. Like, you, you're about the right things. You play the game the right way. You care about winning. And, you know, those are the pillars that we build our program off of. And, um, he told me that, you know, in three, four years, he could see me being a guy on the team, like a really, you know, a big player, a big time guy. And, um, and also it was really important for me to play right away. And he, he told me that I had a, you know, if I stepped in and did my job, I had a really good chance of, you know, being a contributor right away. And, um, you know, being and, and coming here, like you said, like you mentioned earlier, every year for team camp, I got to see what this was about. You know, I played pickup with the guys, I played pickup with you and I got to see kind of what that dynamic was like. And, um, it was really special and, you know, he, he didn't have to really pitch much. He didn't really have to recruit me much. It was kind of a, it was kind of a, Hey, I'll go, I'll go check out the other schools and see if anything surprises me. But if not, you know, it's, it's kind of a shoe in shoe in deal. Well, you, you've made a pretty good decision. You, you've made a, a heck of a career out of it for you. What would it mean to you to be an all American? Because there's been a number of all Americans out of geo over the last 20 years or so. Um, but again, that's a special accolade. It's a special award. Yeah, it'd be huge, man. And, you know, I don't want to get it too much into kind of my own personal, you know, career and my own personal accolades and stuff, but that's kind of like the benchmark for a really, really good college player. That's kind of what you look back on and you, and you, and you check and see, and if you check that box, you know, no matter, you know, what team you're on, well, first team, second team, third team, whatever, like that's top 15 players in the country. And that's, that's super special. And, and it's just a, and it's just been something that I've been kind of had my eye on for a while and really working hard towards. And, and that's been kind of a, a goal of mine since, you know, the season ended last year. I really wanted to work towards that. So uh, it's, it's just, it's really special to be in this position and I got to keep performing in order to get there. It's not, you know, it's not signed and sealed yet, but um, you know, to kind of get that uh, at the end of the year would be a, would be a really special thing, especially for me and, you know, all the work I put in and all the stuff I've been through, you know, over the four years. Well, you're definitely trending in that direction, and, and you're in strong consideration for National Player of the Year, and that would be awesome uh, to have a fellow Zag win that award. I know you got to get going to practice in a couple minutes, but a couple last questions. These are quick hitters. On this year's current team, who's the funniest guy? Drew Timmy. Hands down? It's not even close. That was the, it's, the, it's the easiest question I think you've asked me all day long, and just because <laughs> – 
I mean, that the, the mustache he wears is just an outer representation of who he is on the inside. It's just, I mean, he's 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 spontaneous. He, you don't know what's coming out of his mouth. And, and the guy's he's super, super funny to go along with how talented he is. Can you give me that mustache uh, impersonation one more time? <laughs> uh, best dress zag, because I know ever since Nigel Williams-Goss and those guys have been around, it's become a big deal around the program. Yeah, Nigel and Jeremy set the standard. Uh, I think – I think Julian probably takes that. I think he is in fashion the most. Aaron Cook is a sneaky candidate though as well. He 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 acts like he's not about it, but I think he's got some he's got some drip for sure. Awesome. Well, Corey, I appreciate the time. Best of luck the rest of the season. Uh, as you are well aware, all the Spokane community and Zag Nation are pulling for you guys. And uh, thanks again for joining. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Really, really appreciate it.